Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Addison Hayes. I'm John Hogan. This is the Super Flexible Podcast. It's week four of the NFL season and week two of life without Jake Anderson. So we've got Bradley Elitalo coming in to help us keep the wheels from falling off and to preview the future of Superflex for us. First, let's do some start sits for week four, Addison. Yeah, real quick. All right, my, my start for week four right now, uh, we're, we're looking at Jay Cutler right now. Uh, even though it is a morning game, a 9.30 a.m. start. Oh, wow, that game's in London. Yep, Wembley Stadium. Does that change things? It might. <laughs> well, that Saints defense has to travel, too. That's true, that's true. <laughs> does that change my start? Yes, it does. I'm going Phillip Rivers. He's playing at home against the Eagles. And I, I think that's actually just, you know, a really, a really good matchup for some high-scoring offenses. And, I mean, I like Carson Wentz, too, in this game. But I don't like the fact that he has to travel 3,000 miles across the United States to play in L.A. And so because of that and the traveling and Phillip Rivers playing at home, uh, I'm really liking Phillip Rivers against the Philadelphia Eagles and their uh, weaker secondary. Uh, I think that he has the potential to put up a couple touchdowns and some yardage. Keenan Allen has been looking really good. Uh, Hunter Henry got into the mix a little bit. Melvin Gordon can actually catch out of the backfield. So... I think overall that that's going to be like a really good game overall, and I'm looking for Philip Rivers to have a pretty nice day. So he's going to be my start. My sit is actually going to be Marcus Mariota. Uh, he travels to Houston, uh, and he's going to be playing up against a, a pretty tough Houston Texans defense. Uh, I mean, the the Titans offense so far in the passing game has, has been all right. Uh, it really hasn't been what we've expected it to be, and now that they're traveling down to Houston, playing a divisional game on the road against a really good pass defense, uh, I'm not really liking Marcus Mariota this week. Uh, I mean, you might not really, you know, have the opportunity to sit him, but uh, I, I would be looking at other matchups here. And if you have to start him, I'm not starting him with much confidence against a a very good uh, pass defense. Yes, yeah, so lower expectations at the least, at the very least. Um, a, a guy that I'm lowering expectations on a lot. My, I'm going to start with my sit, um, and I'll explain why here in a minute. But I'm going to sit Ben Roethlisberger if I can at all. His home road splits are as dramatic as any quarterback in the league. Um, he's always very good at Pittsburgh, but on, he gets out on the road, and the numbers just the bottom just falls out and uh not only that he's traveling to baltimore um which has a very good defense and has uh has been playing extremely well against some well he i i they haven't had great matchups i'll admit that but um they shut down cincinnati and made andy dalton look like a like he's headed for the streets, and uh, and then they shut down um, the Cleveland Browns and actually and gave uh, Deshaun Kaiser a freaking headache. Anyways, this is a defense coming up, and uh, they get to play at home, where like I said, you know Ben Roethlisberger on the road is not very good, anyways. So if I have any better options, um, 
even if there's even a doubt in my mind um, that one guy could outscore Ben Roethlisberger, I'm I'm sitting Big Ben um, if there's any way to do it. My start, Russell Wilson um, at home against the Indianapolis Colts. That's a terrible defense with no pass rush and very little secondary. And uh, the reason that I want to get into this, though, real quick, is I just got done telling you earlier today offline that I have zero confidence. Um, and, in fact, I feel like I have a responsibility to tell people to not start Russell Wilson. Um, I, I ju- I, I'm starting to feel like this is a guy, this is just another guy. This is he's in the conversation on a weekly basis with guys like Mike Glennon and Josh McCown even um, some of the rookie guys the Deshaun Watsons and Deshaun Kaisers it, these are the Russell Wilson has not done anything special in a in about a year and a year and a quarter now but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here I'm going to say that there's a chance for Russell Wilson to prove me wrong and actually establish some fantasy relevance once again at home against Indianapolis. And if he fails to do it, Addison, I am just, I am dropping him so far in my rankings, he's never going to see the light of day again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry you feel that way, John. (laughs) Are you? I really am. (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's just, uh, I just cannot trust the guy, but I really want to, I really want to. And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and, uh, say that he, um, that he can make some, make some noise against the Colts. Horrible, horrible defense. But I'm telling you, man, if he can't do it against that defense, I, I don't know when you can ever start him with any kind of confidence whatsoever until they fix that offensive line, and uh, it's not coming this season. So we'll see how that goes. This week's guest on the Super Flexible podcast, lead writer for the, the Dynasty Football Factory's Devi department, Bradley Italo. You can find him at NFL underscore Draft Hub on Twitter, and I definitely recommend giving him a follow so that you can keep up with the uh, with the Devi stuff on the the Dynasty Football Factory, um, and uh, start planning for the future now. If you're not already playing Devi, it's a very fun format, first of all. But there's also some really helpful stuff here for uh, for us going forward in our Dynasty league. So we want to jump into that, but first. Bradley, what I'm wondering from you is uh, some of the work that you've done recently for the DFF, um, where the listeners can go find you and uh, and get caught up on some of your work. Sure, yeah. So if you uh, just search my name, Bradley Ilitello, last name is Y-L-I-T-A-L-O, my uh, author page at DFF will show up and there will be all my work. Um, so just last Thursday, I had published uh, my first scouting notebook, edition one, and that'll be every other Thursday until the draft. Uh, so if you follow along with that, even you know pretty close to read a couple here and there, uh, you should be set with some players you can follow for the draft. And um, about once a week, I should be publishing a prospect profile of any numbers on the defensive and offensive side of the ball that you can follow along with as well. Awesome. And it, I mean, this is a quarterback-centric podcast, but um, you know, every one of those 
those uh, offensive players can definitely have an effect on the quarterback on their pro team, regardless of uh, of the position. So um, this is all useful stuff for a super flex player. Um, it, you know, just in making your player evaluations uh, when it's time to draft some quarterbacks. So, um, but let's let's start off with the actual quarterbacks because this, on paper, this looks like a really stocked um, draft class to me. Uh, this 2018 draft class. Um, so, could you give us your top five quarterbacks? Um, you can rank them if you want, or uh, just just give us um, some names in random order. Uh, whichever works for you is totally fine by us. Yeah, I'll rank them. Uh, as I mentioned in my in my uh, first scouting notebook, there were four quarterbacks that I looked through um, in pre-draft process and in the early season here that I can identify that have a good chance that ended up being grad- better graded than Mitchell Trubisky, who obviously went number two overall to Chicago. And what was a fairly weak draft class last year, uh, yeah, this quarterback class is, I would say, even twice as good as, as last year's class. I mean, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Mason Rudolph, all four of those guys, I think, have a terrific shot at becoming first round, even top 10 picks. Um, so my top five, I think this is pretty consensus. I think you start off with Sam Darnold uh, out of USC. Um, Darnold, the redshirt sophomore, 6'4", 225 pounds, just a terrific pocket presence, accuracy, mechanics. Um You'll see a lot of the, the, the really good quarterbacks in this class are built around just that, that golden arm that don't necessarily have all the pieces as far as footwork and decision-making um, to round out their game yet, but the, the framework is there for a, for a franchise quarterback. Um, you see what Sam Darnold is doing so far this year with top five USC. Um, so I think it's pretty consensus that, as for now, he's the number one quarterback on a lot of people's boards. Number two is where you start to see um, – some digression. A lot of people will have Josh Rosen or US, UCLA, and uh, some people like uh, Matt Miller will have uh, Josh Allen out of Wyoming just because of the very, very high potential. Um, so we'll, st- we'll start with Allen, who is slightly, slightly ahead of Rosen on my board. And uh, they're, they're two, yeah, they've gotten to this place in two very different ways. Uh, you talk about Allen, who was unrecruited out of college, went to one year at JUCO at Reedley in California, and then gets an offer from Wyoming, unrated by ESPN 247. And um, the first season only plays two games. But in 2016, although his stats weren't even that great, I mean, he threw 15 interceptions, 28 touchdowns last year, but the, the arm talent really stood out to me. Um, there are certainly some concerns going forward. I mean, he still makes some really bad decisions. I don't know if you guys caught any of that Iowa game, but I mean, there, there were two throws where you were really left wondering what he was even thinking on those. But um, overall, I think the, the sky is the limit for this kid. Um, his, his arm is unbelievable. Great athlete with a, with a good build. And then you look at Josh Rosen, and it's the kind of the exact opposite. Uh, the five-star came into UCLA and won the starting job right away. The true freshman, about as highly touted as they come. And this guy, I think, is perhaps the most pro-ready of any of the quarterbacks. He's ready to step into an NFL offense and contribute right away. Uh, just like Allen and Darnold has great mechanics, but unlike but unlike Allen, he, he has great accuracy right now. He's good with his feet. Um, he, he's really solid and with a was good build as well, 6'4", 220. Just because of his mobility, perhaps issues, uh, I just don't know if he has that same sky's the limit potential down. Um, and when you look at number four, kind of an a, a interesting riser here. Uh, Mason Rudolph, who in my pre-draft process, 
I had him as pegged as you know a fourth round pick, but the improvements I've seen from him are, are have been absolutely tremendous. Talking about a guy who last year I I, I cannot tell you how, how often a pressure would come and he would fail to step into the throw, shine away, and that causes a lot of lapses in accuracy and whatnot. But the improvement I've seen, he's stepping into throws even though he's about to get hit. Um, his decision making, his mechanics, his throw power are all on the rise. He's a guy. He's a really a guy to watch. I have him as a second round talent right now, but. I have no no doubts that he could one day, uh, even you know, later in the season, elevate himself to a first-round pick. And then the last guy, fifth, I had a tough time um, debating, do I go um, Lamar Jackson or do I go Luke Falk here? I ended up going with Falk. He's a little bit safer. Um, Jackson certainly has some intriguing, um, intriguing traits, and he's someone to watch for sure. But Luke Falk is also a pro-ready quarterback. Um, interesting enough, he got benched earlier this year. That's something to watch, just like Deshaun Kaiser did last year. But uh, Luke Falk, also an interesting story, joins Washington State as a walk-on, the redshirt senior, good 6'4 build. He's uh, kind of a, in that pro-pocket passer kind of format. Um, you know, not the most mobile fleet of foot, but uh, he certainly should be solid and should be considered a late first, early second round prospect right now. So you mentioned um, Sam Darnold is your number one, and uh, you've got Josh Rosen as number three. Um, although you did mention that he's that Rosen is the most pro ready. So um, what I'm wondering, I guess, is uh, is how you weight the the potential versus the uh, the pro readiness, um, and uh, how you make the decision that you would rather go with a guy like Sam Darnold or a Josh uh, Josh Allen. Um, you know, and get those those guys with the higher upside um, rather than the guy that you know is going to step in right away and start to contribute as a, as a pro quarterback. Sure. Yeah, me personally, I, I mean, I don't know why I think this way. I'm always higher on the guys with the bigger upside. Um, I just think in the NFL, especially with the quarterback position, you have to, have to, have to get that elite guy if, if you want to have a chance year in, year out to be a contender. Um, and I think Josh Allen over Josh Rosen has the higher chance of becoming that. Does Josh Rosen have a better chance to become, say, you know, a solid contributor, an Andy Dalton or whatever, something like that, maybe a Phillip Rivers? Sure, but there's a reason those guys aren't Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, year in, year out competing for a championship. Um, that's just for me. Um, you know, you, like I said, there's a lot of rankings that'll have Rosen above Allen, and I, I and I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to like, and there's some worries with Allen. But at the end of the day, the NFL is all about traits, and you have his size, his arm, his mobility, his mechanics. I'm going to take a I'm going to take a shot at that and hope I can land one of those top five quarterbacks you can really build your team around. It, it's interesting because you have Josh Rosen listed as your third quarterback overall. So far, um, I imagine that could possibly change, you know, as the college football season goes along. But, uh, I mean, it seems like the consensus, especially on, you know, fantasy Twitter, draft Twitter, uh, it seems like the consensus is similar to, like you mentioned before, with Barkley and Geis at the running back position. It seems to be Rosen and Darnold as the the 1A, 1B. Uh, yeah. but, but you have Allen up there, and, and uh, I just find that really interesting. Uh, I watched Josh Rosen... Yeah, uh, this past uh, week play against Memphis, and I mean he he looked pretty good. I mean I I saw there was a lot of hype coming like coming into the year with Josh Rosen, and I mean he looked pretty good. He looked all right, but 
But I just I didn't really see you know the Josh Rosen that I expected to see. Um, I, I mean that might just be Twitter overhyping him. I, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. I don't really know why. I think it might be that potential. Um, but I mean I just I just find it really really interesting that you right now, uh, you know September have Josh Rosen as your QB three overall. Sure. Yeah, I mean the thing to remember is all three of those guys I see is they're. If the draft were to happen right now, I think all three of those guys go in the top ten. So there, there is very little separation. I mean, you know, we could have this conversation again in a month, and all three of those names could be flipped around. Uh, I think all three of them are one A, B, and C. Uh, I just think it comes down to preference. Um, like I was talking about with Allen being a little bit more of the upside, the long term uh, potential risk, and uh, Rosen with being a little more solid, steady guy. And then Darnold, who I guess everyone, most people have as their number one. Um, yeah, I'm a big Josh Allen believer, and there's a lot of doubters who can point to the 15 interceptions last year. I mean, that is a really bad number. The 56% completion percentage, that's a bad number. You can watch the game against Iowa where they put three points as a team. That's not good. There are some things to worry about. And, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to argue with anyone who has Rosen over Allen. I mean, there's – a lot more to like, and he's 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 actually the one being being successful. I mean, there's a reason Josh Allen doesn't get any All American votes or anything like that, any Heisman consideration. He's just he's actually not that great of a college quarterback. It's the long term value, and um, it's easier to talk about a guy who's being successful like a Rosen versus talk about a guy like an Allen who has been unimpressive. So I personally really like that approach. Um, that's a uh... That's right after my own heart. I mean, I'm the guy who takes Aaron Rodgers 1.01 in a Superflex startup, um, even though I've got Jake barking in one ear and Addison um, dismissively snickering in my other ear. And uh, I, But I, I do it anyways, and it's just like you said. You want that upside. You want that eliteness. That's what wins championships in fantasy football. I would I and so I 100% back that up and I I love that approach. Um, wh- as far as pro ready versus project, uh, where do you have Sam Darnold on that on that spectrum? Yeah, that's interesting. We've seen a lot of USC quarterbacks, especially when they first entered the league, actually opposite of Mark Sanchez, who became successful right away and dropped off. But USC quarterbacks historically have been a little slow to start. Um, but I really like what I like. I really like what we have with Darnold. I mean, there is no real weakness to his game. I, I mean, I'm not even trying to overhype him. I mean, you look at, um, I was watching him against Stanford earlier this game, and the worst trade I gave him at was a footwork, but I still have that as an above average trade when comparison to other quarterbacks. There's nothing um, to harp about. He doesn't have the same elite traits as uh, Josh Allen, per se, but. Um, I think he could come in and being a legit uh, top 20 quarterback, top 25 quarterback maybe right away. So in, in a dynasty league, um, Sam Darnold, he, I think he should be your quarterback one when um, checking about Debbie drafts or stuff. So Darnold there. And, um, yeah, I would, I would list him as – I do have him listed in the pro-ready category with uh, Allen in the more of a project, maybe set out a half a year, a year, whatever it takes. Um Another quarterback I have in the project category would be DeAndre Francois, a guy who I really unfortunate he got injured enough for the season in that first game. Um, that's really unfortunate, but you like I like the kid, Richard sophomore coming out of IMG Academy, um, four star, came in highly touted right after Jameis Winston, and has a lot to like about his game. Um, 
but now certainly after only one year of good college experience and then the injury, I, I think he might take a while or he might even just stay in college for a little bit. So we'll see what happens with him. What's, uh, what's your sense on that one? Do you think he, uh, do you think he declares for the draft or, uh, do you think he, um, goes back to school for one more year? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Honestly, I guess if I had to guess right now, I would see. I had him as a maybe a late second round talent before the injury, um, which I don't know where that puts him. I would actually uh, beg that he, he comes back for another year just to prove he's back, he's healthy. If he can get back up to where he was, yeah, he should be considered a pretty good quarterback. And especially in this quarterback class, it's not really the best time to declare because it just pushes your stock down with how strong it is. Um, you I mean you even hear Sam Darnold saying how oh, he might stay another year, which I would be surprised. I mean, when you have a top ten, top five pick waiting for you, that kind of salary. I mean, I just have a hard time believing he's going to turn that down. But you know, later talk, we'll see. So, is that something that that goes through these college QBs' minds? Is that they they look at you know the other potential prospects in this draft class, and they say, wow, you know, if if I was in you know, if I came out a year before, or if I came out, a, uh, you know, next year, uh, I could potentially get a bigger paycheck uh, due to just the the overall a weaker class. Is that something that that you think goes through their minds? It's interesting. I I would have to say yes. I mean, you have to look at that. But publicly, I mean, I've interviewed I don't know ten, fifteen uh, players, and a lot of I've never heard anything like that. You know, that kind of analysis come out because I think they. They're all. It takes a confident personality type to play quarterback, Division One quarterback, and be an NFL draft prospect. So, players I've talked to, they've never even really mentioned that. Um, they're all, like I said, they have that confident mindset. I don't think they really care which league they, or what draft they go in because they think they're going to go in and be successful. Now, when they're on their own and they're thinking about it. You got to think that enters the equation when they're talking with their agent per se, or talking with their family. You got to think that goes into the equation because uh, you got to be fiscally, um, financially responsible at some point. But um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I mean, if I was a quarterback or any prospect, I definitely would do that. But if you think you're at the peak of your game and you're ready to go pro, I think no matter what the class is, you should you should take advantage of that. Right. I, I just find that interesting when I heard that Darnold was considering staying for another year. And I, w- I was wondering if maybe that's what he thought that he, you know, given how strong the the draft class is this year, uh, even though he is basically consensus uh, QB one right now, uh, I, it's just something that I always thought of. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what goes on through their heads. I'm not in this. I'm not in their situation. So, uh, yeah, it's just it was just interesting to me. Sure, for sure. Yeah. It's- Addison says that, but that's totally how he picked the Super Flexible podcast to join. He was like, "Oh, this looks like a weak, a weak class of podcasters. <laughs> this is the one to join where I can get instant fame and start making money now, as opposed to waiting and trying to compete with the Capology One Hundred and One geniuses." So, uh, <laughs> so uh, as far as some, uh, do you have some other, uh, some other? you know, possibly some pro ready guys who are going to come out, um, who might not be necessarily be first round draft picks in the NFL draft, but, um, some, some pro ready guys that super flex players should keep an eye on, um, is a possibility to, uh, to give you a little added depth. 
going into the 2018 season and maybe some some project type of guys as well um you know to to stick on your taxi squad and uh um, wait for them to develop yeah was, there, i mean this quarterback class is filled with some uh stories i mean there's a couple projects i was actually just looking at this guy named chase litton from marshall um very interesting story he's definitely you know fits into the project category but I'm a guy that was you know pretty highly recruited in high school, but he he gets arrested in sophomore year for theft, and um, he ends up eventually through high school. He ends up uh, skipping the first semester of college, just flat out skipping it, and going to Marshall uh, that second semester, and just getting acclimated with the team, um, which didn't count against his eligibility at all. So then he goes in freshman year and eventually wins the job, and now going into his junior year, which is. I mean, I guess actually his senior year by year, but then he skipped kind of that first year. Um, he's an interesting player, and outside of his mechanics, he has the arm. He has an NFL arm, but he has a lot of work to do. Um, I, I mean, a two- to three-year timetable seems pretty realistic before he'll be maybe starter ready. Um, but the 6'6 frame, 232 pounds, like I said, there's a lot to like about him. I mean, he shows flashes of good accuracy and arm strength. Um, and as a good decision maker running that Marshall offense, but uh, I mean the the mistakes, the pocket presence, which is shaky, the, the way he, he shies away from contact, um, there are some things that are concerning. But if you're if you're in a really deep league and you want to target a deep staff that you're willing, you know, you have a solid quarterback situation, you're willing to wait a couple of years. Chase Litton out of Marshall is someone to target. And then there's Jared Stidham, who's leading a good Auburn team. Um, after he goes, he, so first of all, he commits to Texas Tech, then changes to Baylor. And after his freshman year, after everything went, that went down with Baylor, he decides to get out of there. Goes Juco for his sophomore year. Now he's on, now as a redshirt sophomore, he's with Auburn as uh, as their starting quarterback, won the job. And um, so I'll be interested to see how he does this year. I mean, he came in really with very little experience in 2015. Or he had a lot of experience, but not since 2015 with Baylor. So I'm interested to see how, see how he does this year. Um, I'm not, you know, quite ready to label him as a project or pro ready, but he's something that, you know, you might have to take a little bit of a risk on, especially with, you know, his shaky experience, especially as your draft is coming up, but he's someone that, I mean, he certainly has the talent. He won the starting job there and was a highly touted recruit. Outside of those, uh, do you have a name for us? Uh, one QB that no one knows, um, who, uh, who's, going to be on a radar by april um by the time the draft rolls around um but that right now we really haven't haven't even considered or haven't even heard of yeah i'm here's the guy that because of his stature where he is he's starting quarterback in the sec um and he, you know he, he makes some highlight plays nick fitzgerald um but as a real as an nfl draft prospect not getting a, a ton of talk just because he's mostly known for his running ability um this guy is a terrific athlete. Uh, recruited as a high school, actually strictly as an athlete, wasn't even recruited to Mississippi State as a quarterback. Uh, ran a triple offense in high school. I would have loved to see that. But um, so he's redshirted his first year, backed up Dak his first, or his uh, redshirt sophomore year, got in a little bit and played exceptionally well. Finally started uh, last year and you know had an up and down year, only fifty four percent completion percentage. Um, so we'll see how he does this year, but. Man, this kid can run, and he has a 6'5", 230-pound frame. And like uh, Chase Linton, shows flashes of being able to throw the ball. Um, so I really I think he's someone to keep an eye on. And 
with his athleticism and size, he's someone that all of a sudden, hey, the draft comes around, he could be a second, third-round guy. And as we know, anyone that goes on day two as a quarterback, you're a big man at that point. Yep, had to write that one down too. <laughs> We're getting some good notes here, man. Getting ready for uh, for the 2018 draft just a just a little early. What yep. eight months early? Nothing wrong with that. Um, hey, it's good to know these names now. Yeah, exactly. So then, as as you go through, especially you can you know you can even watch these guys. Yeah. You know you don't you don't have to wait until you know February March and then you hear their name on Twitter. Then you have to go back and. You know, maybe if you go to like draftbreakdown.com or something, like pull these guys' tapes up or something. But I have another question for you. This wasn't one of them that I that we wrote down for you, but it, it popped in my head when we were talking about Josh Allen. Uh, one one of the big, I guess, arguments or maybe concerns, I guess, when looking at a prospect, be it you know not not necessarily a quarterback, but just any prospect in general, is you know, looking at him and his love of competition that he played, I know that's like one of the big reasons why a lot of people were maybe down on Corey Davis last year. Um, but so for, for the quarterback position and when you're scouting these guys, how does, uh, you know, competition weigh in and when when you're looking at them or are you just looking, I guess you're looking more at traits, but are you? Does does competition level competition, you know, power five versus non power five, weigh in for you? Um, it's an interesting question. Like you said, I'm looking at traits. Uh, I don't care what league you're playing in, D three, D one. Your mechanics are your mechanics. Your footwork is your footwork. The thing that really matters on your competition is your decision making and your pocket presence. There's a difference between pocket presence if you're in, you know, a lesser D one school where you're going against six foot guys. Versus when you're playing Miles Garrett or someone on on Saturdays and you got him breathing down your neck. I mean that the the pressure is anticipated, upped a little bit for, for your pocket presence. And the same with the, your decision making. The the complexities. I remember watching um, Carson Wentz what was that two years ago now, watching his tape and the, the defenses were pretty uh, basic. I would say in that D one AA, especially where who he was playing. And you look at some of the SEC defenses and they're you know almost NFL defenses as far as comp- complexity goes so the decision making in the pocket presences pocket presence is surely something that you kind of doubt okay how is he going to do when he gets to the next level um obviously Carson Wentz has done fine um but yeah I would say it's 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 a doubt it maybe maybe unfairly bumps him down a little bit because I guess they you know the gay can't really control who they're playing against um but the end of they know the, the traits, your size, your mechanics, your footwork, your speed, your athleticism is really what I'm looking at. I might be ambushing you a little bit here, yeah. young Bradley. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope I definitely don't mean to, um, but we definitely didn't prep you for this at all. Um, and this actually might be a question for you as well, Addison, just whichever one of you guys has an answer for me. Um, but I mean, it seems like the consensus right now, if the, if, you had a rookie draft um, for your Superflex or for your Dynasty League today. It seems like the consensus would be the top two picks are probably the running backs, Darius Geis and Saquon Barkley. Um, In the opposite order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Cortland Sutton is probably in the in the top three there. Um, I don't know where where guys like uh, um, Nick Chubb would fall, um, but I'm wondering if if there's 
if you alter that a little bit in a super flex or two QB type of league, um, and uh, where how high you're going to move up guys like Sam Darnold um, and possibly Josh Allen and, and Josh Rosen as well. Um, I assume that they're first round picks in any rookie draft, um, but I wonder how much of a bump they get in a, a super flex or two QB type of league. Yeah, yeah. So, um, ooh, that's a good question. All right. So, first of all, it would come down to you know that roster construction, um, but in in a you know in a general super flex, I would say that Sam Donald is probably a top six pick, depending on where he goes. Uh, this is also you know team dependent where he goes. Uh, you know, given their situations and stuff. Um, that kind of like how last year, uh, you know, Ma- uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, went to the Kansas City Chiefs and became their backup instead of being inserted right into the starting, uh, the starting role like Mitchell Trubisky probably um, or Deshaun Watson. So I mean, in that in that sense, um, it kind of could shuffle around the big three. This is a terrible answer. <laughs> you said it was such a good question. How are you? It is a good question. <laughs> how are how are you meeting it with such a bad answer? Then <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say any one of those three, depending on where they go, mm-hmm. could potentially go top six, top seven, uh, maybe even higher, depending on roster construction, how quarterback needy your team is. Um, they I really don't see how they entered the top three conversation. Um, given you know the elite talent that is Barkley and Geis, and I'm a huge Cortland Sutton fan as well. Um, and there are like a couple other prospects who, uh, by the time the April and May roll around, could be up in that that same situation. But I would say I I would definitely expect to see Darnold uh, around 105, 106 uh, in in typical Superflex drafts, and I would see you know Allen and Rosen. And potentially even Mason Rudolph slip into the, you know, the mid to the back end of the first round. I don't know if that's if that's what you're thinking as well, uh, Bradley. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough with quarterbacks. I mean, it, it is the most unpredictable position. I mean, all the time you see busts. I mean, I, I would agree with you, Addison and and John. Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis are pretty much locked in as, as far as right now as number one and two. You have some good wide receiver talent. This draft, unlike last draft, has very little uh, tight end talent. I mean, I think last year we had three go in the first round on the NFL draft. This year, there's very possible we have zero. The quarterbacks, hmm, as much as I love the three guys of Allen, Rosen, and Darnold, as much as I love them, uh, me personally, I probably would not take them until 107, 8, 9, 10, you know, through the rest of the draft rolls around. I just, I don't want to take that bigger risk with my first round talent with my first round pick, um, especially with, with the skill position, high end talent we have in this draft um, just because quarterbacks are so unpredictable. And like Addison said, they can land in a terrible spot. We, we have no clue when Patrick Mayholmes will finally get to see the field. Whereas in a rookie running back receiver are going to get playing time right away. Um, unless of course, like a Mike Williams who gets an injury. But um, of course, if you kind of hit on a Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, um, you know, you, you lucked out there, but until 107, 108, I'm not going to be taking any any of those three guys. It's 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 team dependent when uh, you know looking at your quarterback situation because 
I know a lot of um, a lot of owners out there. You know, they probably are sitting there and they have you know they might have Andrew Luck and Ryan Tannehill and they're stashing Teddy Bridgewater and maybe they just had Sam Bradford go down for the week. Um, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to make that decision at 106, maybe 107. Uh, you know, to pull the trigger and potentially grab you know that next elite quarterback you know that the next Andrew Luck maybe um or you know at the very least maybe even Carson Wentz uh so I mean I I definitely would not be surprised if they start entering the 105 conversation um but I think 107 108 you're definitely getting into that territory where these quarterbacks need to be you know considered yeah I hear you and I will say I do expect Rosen to go over Allen just because of the immediate impact he should provide um so I, I think it's Donald Rosen Allen as far as um, dynasty picks. I think that's how they would be selected. So if you have though Andrew Luck on uh, on your team currently, you're probably looking, in all honesty, at a at a top five pick. Um, you know, depending on who else you have. But I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, um, Josh McCown is not getting me anywhere near the playoffs while I'm waiting on Andrew <laughs> Luck to get healthy. So. <laughs> you, I mean, obviously those top three are locked in. I think that we're all in agreement with that. But if you're sitting at 104 uh, and you already have Andrew Luck coming back healthy, you're not going to be tempted to lock up that second quarterback and get one of those elite guys and just have those two positions locked up for, you know, eight, ten years? Yeah, you're almost convincing me. I mean, I would <laughs> certainly be tempted, but... Man, I think you really gotta get solid contributors if, if you have a top five pick. And I just, like I said, quarterbacks are just such a risk. I mean, mm-hmm. how highly did? Well, I guess Jared Goff is. You know, he's at least starting to progress a little bit. How high did Paxton Lynch go? And he, you know, he isn't even starting right now, and doesn't look like he's gonna be starting anytime soon. I just, I, I really like getting maybe a Calvin Ridley there or whatever. Someone who you know solid he's gonna contribute he's gonna be starting if not year one pretty soon at least getting playing time you know he's not gonna be wilting on the bench wasting away his good years so it's it's a tricky situation um but yeah i would certainly be tempted and you're gonna see that happen in a lot of drafts probably yeah this is definitely a question that we'll we'll be revisiting you know come close to the draft and everything because so much can change between now and then uh but i mean the way that you worded that, John, kind of, kind of, you know, turned me off a little bit. You said, you said, wouldn't you like to have your quarterback positions locked, you know, for the next ten years? And at one hundred four, I don't think that, you know, like like Bradley said, the the risk for a quarterback to hit is so high. I mean, if he does hit, that's you know, you're just going to be reaping the rewards forever. Um, but think if he doesn't, like. Uh, you know, like Bradley said, Paxton Lynch, uh, you know, if you took Jared Goff, if you if you took that bait, he's maybe a quarterback three right now, uh, quarterback two on a needy team. Uh, that risk at 104, I mean, this this draft class next year is going to be really, really good. It looks like uh, potentially even better than what it was what it was this past year. Um, so I, I think there's just way too much risk if you're looking at 104 uh, for any one of these quarterbacks. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I mean, they all seem fairly safe, but, uh, 
And side note, um, sorry about the cold shower there. You were you were getting a little bit sweaty and starting to breathe heavily talking about this uh, 2018 draft class. So um, turning you off actually seemed like a solid investment in time <laughs> at the moment. Um, but so you know, we talked. So now we've talked a little bit about about um, you know the top three guys. Uh, you've mentioned Bradley, a couple other names for us of some non quarterbacks. Um, but I am curious about some other guys who um, who could potentially have an impact on current NFL quarterbacks if drafted into the right situation, um, particularly some some pass catchers i'm with addison i'm a huge Cortland sutton guy um i feel like this might be the most the most polished most pro ready um rookie wide receiver to come out in a long time um maybe since what des bryant um and uh you know like you said this is a kind of weak class for tight ends but maybe there are some guys who walk in and give you know, a young quarterback like a Jared Goff or a Carson Wentz, an immediate boost. Um, some of these running backs, um, maybe they come in and, and make a positive impact on their quarterback. Maybe they come in and take away some work, um, a la Leonard Fournette. And uh, maybe some offensive linemen who could, um, you know, finally start to um, reinvigorate the, the dynasty value of some guys like Andrew Luck, and to a huge extent, the horrible, terrible Russell Wilson. <laughs> you like how I threw that wow. in there, Addison? <laughs> yeah, I've been, you didn't need I've been to. throwing digs at him all day about Russell Wilson, by the way. But yeah, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this last draft class was just abysmal on the offensive line. Year we have a guy Connor Williams coming out of Texas who, if some say you know it's the next Joe Thomas, I don't know if that'll happen. Very talented. He, I mean, I I would be interested to see what Indianapolis and Seattle do. I mean, Seattle they have to do something about this. I mean, their defense is not getting any younger. They're still elite. You have Russell Wilson and a good offense set up. You have to have to have to do whatever you can to make sure you're protecting Russell Wilson and trade up for one of these guys. You have Orlando Brown, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, who was an All-American last year, should easily be an All-American again this year, who should be there in the late first round if that's where they're going to end up being selecting. But um, there is some offensive tackle and offensive line help this year, unlike last year. Um, Like I said with the tight ends, yeah, there might not be any first-round picks, but you go back two years ago, Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper, neither of them were first-round picks. And, uh, I mean, Hunter... Henry more so than Austin Hooper, but both of them have become uh, solid starters, and uh, especially Hunter Henry is actually kind of a go-to guy and looks like he's going to take over and help Philip Rivers as, as he gets older as well. So there is some help there. Um, but Barkley, the interesting thing with Barkley and Geis, I think Barkley is a quarterback uh, that gives you an up value. I think Darius Geis is maybe a running back that gives you some down value for your quarterback. So if uh, I, I wouldn't exactly be celebrating if you're if – you're, uh, quarterback um is on a team that lands Darius guys but I would be celebrating if you land Saquon Barkley who is um going to be a terrific pass catcher over the backfield as well he's going to add a lot of value there while Darius guys is maybe going to be used like Leonard Fournette is with Jacksonville and just that high formation um and taking some, away some value there I like it okay yeah I had no idea as as far as Barkley I didn't I didn't realize uh 
such a big part of his game was catching the ball out of the backfield. That's um, oh, John. <laughs> oh, I, I really don't care. I'm just focused on Cortland Sutton, and that's that's all it is to me. This entire draft class, whoever gets Cortland Sutton, it's all over. <laughs> Bradley, you're shaking your head. Am I am I way off base with Cortland Sutton here? Well, I mean, I just think you're overlooking some talent. I mean, Calvin right. Ridley's sure a little bit older. I mean, already, you know, he's going to be 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, by the time he's in his first, uh, when he's in his first NFL season, he's going to turn 24. So that's something. But I think um, as an all-around uh, prospect, he's going to come in and be an immediate contributor, um, maybe a good wide receiver too on a team. So there's an, there's other guys out there that I'll that I'll help out. All right, so you say. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Um, I'm I'm more concerned that you haven't seen any Saquon Barkley. Uh. Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him running the ball. I've seen. Tons yeah, you need to see him catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen. I haven't paid that much attention. I I, get like it. I haven't. I, I like I said. I get distracted by shiny things, and Cortland Sutton is shining to me right now. And Saquon's not <laughs> in the passing uh, game. Did I, well, I mean, part of the thing that you got to keep in mind is. I'm I'm big on building your dynasty team around wide receivers. I think they're they're the most likely to hit and they're the most likely to give you 10 plus good years of production. So it, that's that's where I always start looking. I feel like I can always find running backs. I I definitely agree with you that Saquon Bar- Barkley and Darius guys both are generational talents, but I mean I also think that there's going to be a Kareem Hunt somewhere in that draft class. So, anyways, uh, Bradley, we've we've kept you here for a long time, and we could definitely keep going, um, but we want to respect your time and uh, let you get back to writing the scouting notebook. Um, real quick, though, uh, is how uh, what kind of regularity is that going to be coming out with? Uh, so it's going to be a bi-weekly thing all the way up into the draft. Um, which that could change. It's my first edition. Um, if anything, it would probably be changed to a more maybe a once every maybe once every week thing. But as for now, planning on a biweekly, seeing how busy my life gets in college year. But um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. I think uh, I think fans will enjoy that, and I'm going to have a, a lot of fun writing it because uh, I can kind of personalize it to be my own. So I'm going to really enjoy that. Yeah. Oh, it's. But this has been some very, uh, very enlightening, very interesting stuff, and very useful stuff. So we'll definitely look forward to checking out the scout, the scouting notebook. Um, uh, the first one is already out, and uh, another one coming out next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bradley, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time, and uh, and all that knowledge. And we'll definitely have to bring you back and uh, get some more of that. Awesome. Sounds good. It was a lot of fun, guys. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, some So some great Debbie stuff from there from Bradley Ilitalo at NFL underscore draft hub on Twitter. He does a ton of writing for the DFF network or for the Dynasty Football Factory. Uh, you can find that at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And uh, also you can go through the Twitter handle at DFF underscore Dynasty. Um, Bradley also uh, pins... Um, all his work to his Twitter, to his Twitter account as well. Um, so definitely check that out. But um, even more 
Devi content is available. Uh, check out the Devi Watch podcast, and they've got a ton of stuff. Um, that's coming out every single week, and uh, they consult with Bradley, and he consults with them, and uh, there's some great conversations to be had between those two. Um, so I would definitely mine those guys for some uh, for some fantasy nuggets if you can also check out other df network podcasts like the fantasy football fellas the dynasty war zone the idp edge crushers and now the capology 101 podcast um so much great stuff going on at the df network and so many different ways to get all of the information that you cannot get anywhere else and uh and we appreciate you starting here with a super flexible podcast Addison is available on Twitter at AmazeHaze underscore DFF. I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. And uh, Jake Anderson back next week. But you can still get at him on Twitter at NFL Draft Talker. You can also get to every last one of us all at the same time through the Super Flexible Podcast Twitter account at Super Flex Pod. And send us your trades at Superflex Trades so that we can get it out to the masses and uh, get you some uh, get you some extra some extra advice from the, the Twitter Dynasty community. As for us, if you would follow us on Podbean, that would help us out quite a bit. And even more than that, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, give us a rating, give us a review, and uh, it goes such a long ways in our ability to get out to the masses. If all you do is give us a quick one-liner on uh, on what you like about the podcast, or even what you don't like, we're even fine with that. Um, but if you would if you take this the time to do that, it would help us out quite a bit. And until next week, thank you for listening, and best of luck in week four. Deuces. Deuces. Can we say deuces? Are we too old for that, dude? Yeah, you guys are too old for that. <laughs> Hear the slurping from the Capri Sun. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things, by the way. <laughs> I thought of Edison just like sitting in the courtyard drinking Capri Sun. You know what's funny? I was at I was at um the Penn State Pittsburgh game on Saturday. Yeah. And I was uh I was tailgating with my girlfriend's roommate. Oh, and all of her family and stuff, and uh-huh. her, uh-huh. uh, her. Uh, all right, I like it. Her, <laughs> please go. This is the part please. where you continue please. your story. Oh, her, her roommate's mom goes, Addison. There's a, the the two coolers are over there. The the right one has you know beer and alcohol in it, and the left one has like soda and water and stuff. So I, I opened up the beer and alcohol one, looked in it, and then closed it, and opened up the other one with all like the. Uh, the uh, the soda and water. Guess what was in there? Capri Sun. Lemonade Capri Sun. Oh, guess what I you, drank? And, and you, you drank, drank one. I drank a lemonade oh Capri Sun. Oh my god! Did you sit Indian style? <laughs> no. <laughs> sit down like with your back to the to everybody. Just I guess kinda... I guess I guess you can't even say that anymore, can you? Oh yeah. You can't say, yeah. You can't say Indian style. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Politically correct. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs>